Lord Jesus, we, just, we thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. Uh, thank you for the reminders in your word. And ask that you would uh, help us to come this morning with open hearts and ears to hear what you have to say to us. And help us be changed by your word. Ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so who here likes inspirational stories, right? Like people overcoming the odds and seeing good things come, right? I don't have any of those for you today. (laughs) Because the the fact is the opposite is often quite true, right? That people take good things and and make bad things come of them. Uh, And that's part of what what we see with the, the Sabbath, which is what we're going to be talking about today, is this, this incredible gift and blessing that people have turned into either something to be ignored or turned it into something that becomes a burden. Uh, so, so that's part of what we'll be talking about. Uh, quick recap. Last week, Brian Brown uh, did a great job taking us through Genesis chapter 1, right, the creation, when God created everything. And he, he took us through the first six days of creation um, and, uh, and just did a great job covering just the, the depth and, and the importance of believing uh, and, and took us through a lot of science and how believing what the Bible says is not, does not require just turning a blind eye to, to facts, but actually that the facts very much support what we believe. Uh, so this morning we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, on the seventh day of creation. So go ahead and turn there to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, you know, as Brian mentioned, he covered 31 verses last week, and I only have to cover three verses. The, the first time I preached, I was actually nervous about having enough to say, because, like, well, it's just, it's just what's on the page, right? But the more you prepare... Uh, whether it's been one, two, three verses or a whole passage, we always have enough notes for three or four messages, right? Because <laughs> the, the depth of the Bible is just so incredible. So uh, we'll cover as much as we can get through today, and that'll, but know that there's a whole lot more to the Sabbath than even what we can get through this morning. So Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. All right, so the seventh day, uh, which came to be known as the Sabbath, is talked about often in the Bible, right? It's kind of a big deal. And... uh, how many of us forget that it's one of the Ten Commandments, right? Be honest. If you think Ten Commandments, the Sabbath is probably not the top of what you're, what you're thinking about. Um, and it, actually, in the Ten Commandments, it references Genesis 2, 3, and we'll get that a little bit later. Uh, to give you a quick idea of where we're headed this morning, we're going to f- finish up with our response to the Sabbath and, and how, to, how to behave as Christians uh, in the New Covenant with the Sabbath. Uh, before that, we'll talk about the, the Sabbath as law and what that meant and how that, how that points to Jesus very clearly. Uh, but first, we'll start at the beginning, right, with the, the first Sabbath and how it got started, which was when God rested. Okay, so remember, God had just created everything, 
right? Everything that exists, he, he had just made. Um, planets, stars, you know, water, land, plants, animals, uh, time and space, the laws that govern our, our world, right? All of it, he had just made. And then he didn't, um, didn't get tired until he created people. Um, no, he, the, the, <laughs> the tired that we're talking about in, in the rest in Genesis is not a, a physical tiredness, right? I mean, we see, we see in Scripture that God does not grow weary, that uh, God does not slumber or sleep. So the, the rest that we see in Genesis is a rest of uh, that God finished, right? The work of creation was finished, and, and that's what that word rest means. It's the, the Hebrew, Hebrew word sabbat. Uh, which is, means, you know, to, to cease from work. Okay, so the work of creation was finished, so that's that word rest. And Sabbat then becomes um, Shabbat, which is, which then we call Sabbath. Um, so th- the Sabbath was, was made, you know, set apart as holy as a day to commemorate creation, right? To remember that God created everything. And to remember, like, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, who, who was everything created for? And who was everything created through, Jesus. right? Jesus, right? So it's a it's also a day to remember Jesus and his his work in that. Um, and another interesting thing, the Sabbath points to Jesus just all over the place. Um, we'll keep coming back to that. Uh, creation was finished, right? And another work that we ended up seeing finished is the work on the cross, right? When Jesus was on the cross, and his last words were, "It is finished." And, and once creation was finished, really the next big work to do was the work of redemption. And, and so everything in the book of Scripture is just pointing towards that moment and then out from that moment. Uh, now the thing is Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Okay, And, and these are uh, important things to remember. We'll keep coming back to them. And you know, remembering itself is a, a common theme in Scripture. It's part of just human nature that when we're not remembering something, we're forgetting it. And so we are told to do things to remember, right? We take communion every week to remember what what Christ did for us. The Sabbath, the seventh day, comes every week to remind us uh, of God's work in creation. Uh, After after sin entered the the world, uh, the Sabbath took on another meaning, right, To, to remind us that in God's original creation, it was perfect, and now it's fallen. And so we, we can also take a moment to remember that this world uh, is no longer perfect as, as it was designed, and it is in need of redemption. Okay, Romans eight nineteen to 22 talks about how the, the creation itself is now subjected to futility and, and is groaning and needs to be redeemed, just as we need to be redeemed. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the Sabbath is about that remembering and coming back over and over again. And, and that's part of why the Sabbath became law, right? Because it's, it's really important that we remember and keep our focus on Christ. And so, um, the, the law of the Sabbath, right? An interesting thing with, with laws that we see in Scripture is, is several times we see that a law was understood before the written law came. Okay, some things are obvious, like murder, right? 
people seem to have a pretty good understanding that murder was wrong without having to be told it was wrong. But then there's other things that aren't so intuitive. Okay, uh, the clean and unclean animals, for example. Right? Leviticus goes into a lot of detail which animals are clean and unclean. But when Noah's putting animals on the ark, he puts different numbers of clean versus unclean animals on there. Right? So before the written law, he knew the difference between clean and unclean animals. And um, the Sabbath is like that, right? Like gen um, in Genesis here, the God makes the day holy, but you don't see a, a law pronounced, right? That, you know, Adam, you better keep this day holy, right? Before the fall, it wasn't a problem, resting in, in God's grace and remembering that creation. Uh, but the word Sabbath actually doesn't appear at all in Genesis. Right? The, in, the first time we, we see the word uh, is in Exodus, uh, which was also ended up happening before, before the law of the Sabbath was made. Okay, so the end of Genesis to the beginning of Exodus, right? Somewhere in there, the Israelites you know, were in Egypt and went from being guests in Egypt to slaves in Egypt, okay? Uh, during that time, they, when they became slaves, they didn't have the luxury of, of a Sabbath. Um, and so when the first Sabbath is, is mentioned is after they escape Egypt and the manna comes, right? If you remember... When God was providing manna from heaven, he provided it on six days, and then uh, the seventh day was a Sabbath. So they seemed to understand the idea of, of the Sabbath rest. Uh, and the, and the manna was a very interesting thing altogether, right? It was a very real, practical way to practice trusting God for daily bread. Okay, with the manna, it would come every day. If you tried to gather enough for tomorrow, just in case it didn't show up tomorrow, it would rot and get maggots in it. So you had to trust God every day, but then on the sixth day, you were supposed to gather twice as much, even though if you had done that any other day, it would have rotted and gotten maggots. On the sixth day, you were supposed to gather twice as much because there wasn't manna showing up on the seventh day because that was a day of rest. Okay, and, and so remember, again, that was before the law of the Sabbath came, that, that the Sabbath was already in practice. So then the law comes, and uh, as we mentioned, it was, it's number four of the Ten Commandments. So if, turn your Bibles over to Exodus chapter 20. Uh, we're going to be in verses 8 to 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. Okay, keep that in mind, how broad the application is for the Sabbath, right? It was everybody, including your animals. Uh, for in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay, and then throughout... Exodus, Leviticus, we see the, the law repeated and, and clarified because people seem to need some clarification on the Sabbath. Like, probably asking questions like, the Sabbath sounds great, but what if I'm busy? Right? Because <laughs> that's how people are. So, Exodus 34, turn over a few pages. Uh, Exodus 34, verse 21. says, six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. 
in plowing time and in harvest you shall rest. Okay? Like, whoa, I mean, even plowing time and harvest, that's like, that's serious work time, right? That's, that's the critical time of year where they're super busy. And God goes ahead and says, yes, like, even, even if you're super busy, even if it's your critical time of year, set the day aside and rest and trust him. And, and the Sabbath, um, not following the Sabbath, became a major offense. Okay, turn over another chapter to Exodus 35, verse 2. Six days work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Whoa, right? <laughs> like, why so extreme? And we've we got to take a step back and understand, you know, that not following the Sabbath would have been a very willful act of announcing disobedience, like basically saying, I don't trust God. I'm not going to do it his way. I'm going to do it my own way. And, and so it's not just a thing like the guy decided not to get a day of rest, so put him to death, right? It was, it was like separating yourself from God. And, and this is another way where it points to Jesus, right? Like remember we said in Hebrews, Jesus is called our Sabbath rest. And if we reject God's provision for us in Jesus as our Sabbath rest, um, we were rejecting the way that God made for us to come to, 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 come to him, right? Hebrews 2.3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Uh, we don't have another way, right? Uh, people often hate this idea of Jesus being the only way, uh, but we don't have another answer, right? We can't, we can't find some other path. We can't work our way. We can't be good enough. And so if we're not willing to accept the Sabbath rest that God's given us in Christ, then, then we are uh, destined for death in that. And, you know, the law is supposed to point to our complete and utter need uh, for a Savior and, and the fact that we can't ever possibly do it all on our own. Um, but, you know, that doesn't stop people from trying to do it on our own, right? So, with the establishment of the Old Testament law, the Jews started, you know, laboring and working to, to try to earn God's acceptance. Uh, you know, we, a lot of us heard the term, you can't legislate morality, which, whole other topic. Um, but the idea of legislating devotion, like somebody's actual heart, is, is something that would be very difficult to do. And because really all the law is about our heart towards God, right? And this, the Sabbath very much so. And so the Sabbath became something where people tried to prove their devotion to God and then completely miss the heart of what the Sabbath is about. Right? The Sabbath is supposed to be a day to, to rest and to focus on God and to remember him, to remember what he's done, to remember his work in creation. And uh, it, it's a very much a day to to take those actions, uh, to, to trust in God and put it into practical action, right? To, to put our trust of God into practice, to say, yes, I trust that you are enough and that uh, focusing on you this day won't, won't ruin my life. And it's amazing how people w wouldn't say it that way, but often live that way. 
And so people took the Sabbath, right, this wonderful gift that, that God gave us, and twisted it into this legalistic set of rules that were exhausting to follow and took the, com- the focus completely off of God and onto the rules. Uh, a very human thing to do. Uh, there's 39 non-biblical rules for the Sabbath. And some of these rules are based on something in Scripture that then they extrapolate it out to say, well, this is really what it means. You can't do this, okay? So a few examples. Uh, carrying. You, they they for, forbid carrying on the Sabbath, which includes anything out of, outside of your home other than the clothes on your back. Okay, so did anybody here come today with anything like a keys, phone, wallet, purse? Sabbath, Sabbath breakers, okay? Um, uh, using electricity, okay? So in Israel, they have uh, Shabbat elevators. These elevators just stop on every single floor so that you don't have to push a button because pushing a button would be work, okay? Um, there's a rule against finishing, which they took that out to mean, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how this connected, but you can't tear um, or cut paper in any way. And you might at first think, oh, that's not a big deal. We need to cut paper on the Sabbath. But that includes toilet paper. Right? So they, they'll have like pre-cut toilet paper, which is maybe why they don't travel very far on the Sabbath because you've got to be careful where you go. <laughs> um, uh, there's no writing or drawing allowed on the Sabbath, right? So uh, no taking notes. There's no dyeing on the Sabbath, like you know, dyeing cloth. You, you could, you could, whether or not you die on the Sabbath, this isn't really an option. Um, but, but they extrapolate that out to like putting on makeup, right? So, but then there's ways around that. You just put on makeup right before the Sabbath starts. That'll last 24 hours. Um, there's no shearing on the Sabbath, right? So shearing sheep, which would have been vocational, um, but then they extrapolate that out to you can't comb your hair. Because if you do, hairs come out, and that's shearing. I imagine that rule was made by, a, like, a bald rabbi. <laughs> um, but then that bald rabbi probably had a wife who was like, that's not okay. So then they made an exception. You can, you can brush your hair with a soft brush. So that is permitted. Um, there's no trapping which includes even catching an insect. Uh, there's no slaughtering, which includes, like, you can't swat a fly or kill a mosquito. Um, man, it'd be rough to live in Florida or Minnesota or something. <laughs> what do you do? Um, but, you know, there's, this, there's all these rules. And, and I, I think the idea behind the rules was, like, taking the Sabbath seriously. And that's good, right? But the problem is the rules become something else, right? They, they take the focus off of God and put it on the rules. Uh, it got to a point where, you know, Isaiah chapter 1, God says he hates the Sabbath and hates these holy days uh, because the, the focus had so completely gone off of, of God that people were going through the letter of the rules with the Sabbath but didn't have a heart of devotion towards God at all, right? Didn't really care about their walk with God. They were just focused on checking the boxes. 
Um, so again, what was supposed to be about remembering God became about remembering rules. Another thing about the Sabbath is it was supposed to be a day for everybody, right? Remember we talked about like the sojourners within your gates, your animals, servants, everybody was supposed to be able to participate in the Sabbath. So it was supposed to be uh, a day of rest also for the poor around you, right? So if the poor were be able to have a day of rest, they had to be able to, to afford to have a day of rest, which means you were supposed to be taking care of your community and people around you. And so, uh, so often we see Pharisees getting mad at Jesus for um, not doing what they thought he should do on the Sabbath because he was healing people, he was helping people. But that's very much in line with the heart of the Sabbath. Um, and it, you know, Remember, the Jews were supposed to be a light to the nations. Right? They were supposed to be set apart. And the Sabbath was one thing that was supposed to help them be set apart and that point, like, make it obvious that they were doing something different. Uh, you know, if a Jewish person had uh, servants or slaves or people working for them, those people were all supposed to be able to observe the Sabbath. Um, you know, remember, Israel had just come out of slavery where they couldn't observe the Sabbath. So this rule was making it so that they couldn't oppress other people in that same way. Um, now, the rabbinic tradition actually changed the rule of the Sabbath to where Gentiles are not allowed to keep the Sabbath now. Uh, and you see that where where uh, human tradition ends up superseding God's word. And Jesus was not a big fan of that. Okay, um, The rabbis acted like gatekeepers of the commandments, and that what they said was more important than what the word said. And the rabbinic council still today has authority to make exceptions. Uh, like in 2020, they, the Orthodox rabbinic council made an exception that on Passover... People could use Zoom to see loved ones that they couldn't be in contact in person, right? Like, that's a pretty big exception when you're not even allowed to push a button on an elevator. Um, and so part of when, when Jesus healed on the Sabbath and did these things on the Sabbath, it wasn't that they couldn't have made the exception, but he didn't go to them to get the permission to make the exception, right? He he lived based on what the actual Sabbath was and not not bowing to the, the human authority that had changed uh, what the Sabbath was actually all about. And, and so, you know, in this major twist of irony, the Sabbath that was supposed to be this gift that would point us to Jesus became this burden that actually people used to deny Jesus. Um, and, you know, Jesus never broke the Sabbath as it was intended. Right, and think about this. If if he did, he would not have been sinless, right? because the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. Like it's a big deal, so he did not break the the Sabbath as it was intended. What he broke was human tradition that had made this the Sabbath something else completely. Okay, so that brings us to the the final section. Right, how are we today, as as followers of Christ in the New Covenant, supposed to treat the Sabbath? Um, you know, one thing to point out is that God takes the Sabbath seriously. Not the, not the human tradition of the Sabbath, but certainly our time, our attention, our hearts, you know, our acknowledging him. Like that stuff is still a big deal. And so there's two sides to the what now question. Like, right, what do we have to do and what should we do? Uh, if, if we ask what do we have to do, then we're 
on the wrong path, right? We're, we're asking the wrong question already. Because uh, then we're looking for boxes to check. Um, but it is a question that uh, the original, original Christians would have thought about a lot, right? Remember, all, the original Christians were all Jews. And, and so in Acts 15, you see the Jerusalem Council come together because they're trying to figure out, okay, so these Gentiles are becoming Christians. They're not Jews already, so what do, we, what do they have to do? And uh, so there's this big debate about what, you know, how are Christians supposed to act. And um, the, they did not uh, end up you know, requiring this strict observation of the Sabbath was not one of the things that was addressed in the Jerusalem Council. Okay. Uh, you go through the New Testament, you never see apostles uh, commanding any, anybody about the Sabbath. You don't see them chastising anybody for breaking Sabbath rules. Uh, you never really see believers warned about Sabbath violations. There's really no instruction on behavior on the Sabbath anywhere in the New Testament. Uh, you should point out, there's a, we're also never told expressly to forget it and, and ignore it either. Right? It, is, it is still one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, Alistair Begg points out that just because the, uh, the absence of a penalty does not mean that the commandment doesn't matter anymore, right? Just because the, you know, you're not going to be put to death because you don't observe the Sabbath doesn't mean the Sabbath is, was worthless. Um, Jesus followed the Sabbath as it was intended. Uh, he didn't follow the human rules that were added later, again, that made it something else completely. But Jesus said he was the Lord of the Sabbath. And what does that mean? Right? It does, I don't think that means the Sabbath is worthless now. Right? That'd be like saying... I'm the king of the dodo birds. People are like, well, who cares? <laughs> There's no dodo birds. <laughs> right? But he said he's the Lord of the Sabbath. Right? The, Sabbath the Sabbath matters. Um, he had a lifestyle of, of Sabbath rest. Right? You never see him in a, in a hurry or in a rush, and, and you definitely see him being aware of, of the, uh, God's creation and, and who he is. Um, right? You look at the, the greatest commandment, Right to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Right, the Sabbath is part of that. Right, uh, taking a day to to be intentional about remembering who God is and and what He's done is is part of loving Him with all your heart. Uh, interestingly, the, a lot of rabbis would have said the greatest commandment was the Sabbath. They they acted like the, the Sabbath uh, was was the main law in the Torah. Uh, the Sabbath is also a day of uh, gathering and remembering. Okay, uh, Leviticus talks about how the Sabbath is supposed, is supposed to be a day of assembly. Uh, Hebrews talks about how we're not supposed to forsake gathering as believers. Uh, so we now meet on kind of like a, the Christian Sabbath on Sunday, right, Lord's Day. Uh, that's because we're celebrating the resurrection that happened on Sunday. So that's why, that's part of why Christian church is on a Sunday instead of the normal Sabbath. Original Sabbath would have been Friday evening to Saturday evening. So, uh, you know, I, there's people who, Christians who observe their Sabbath on Friday evening to Saturday evening, on Saturday, on Sunday, on, on some other day. Uh, I don't think that is the important part of the Sabbath as much as it is the heart of, of having a day that is set aside. 
Because a big part of the Sabbath is, is it's supposed to be set apart and holy and, and is different. Okay? And so what, you know, what should we do? Um, obviously, we shouldn't keep it legalistically. We shouldn't judge others about it. We shouldn't uh, let ourselves be judged about it. We shouldn't judge ourselves about it and walk around feeling guilty all day on whatever Sabbath we use because that's, that's a really easy trap to fall into. Um, Colossians 2 talks about, you know, don't, don't let anybody judge you and don't judge anybody for the Sabbath. Um, the Sabbath should be a time of joy uh, and, and a time of coming together and rejoicing. And uh, People turn it into a burden, but you know, that's not what it was meant to be. It wasn't meant to be a burden. Um, it's still very much meant for our blessing and our benefit. So, I, so many Christians I, I know just kind of ignore the Sabbath and like, oh, no big deal. Uh, but it's not something to be ignored uh, or avoided. Uh, it's not something to be misused, but it is something to, to check your heart on, right? Um, you know, when Jesus died and rose again, he defeated death, right? And he he completed the work of salvation, right? He completed the, the burden of redemption. Uh, completed work that we could never have accomplished on our own anyway. And, and when he did that, that work was finished, right? So when God rested from creation because creation was finished, the work of redemption with Jesus' death and resurrection is now finished. And, you know, it's complete. Uh, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Okay, so we're invited into that rest with Jesus. Um, I had a professor in college who used to say, Whenever people celebrated giving a day off school or getting out of class early, he's like, education is the one place where people don't want what they paid for. And the Sabbath is like that, right? Like this incredible gift, and we're like, ah, I don't want it. You know, I'll just do it my own way. Um, you know, and people give different reasons. You know, like sometimes it's, uh, it, you know, every day, every day should be holy and set apart. And, you know, on one hand, that's true. Like, every day should be set apart. Um, we shouldn't live inconsistently. We shouldn't live differently on Sunday than we do the rest of the week. Uh, but that's not the same as still not setting a day apart to be intentional and to kind of reset and refocus. Um, right? When people want to make every day alike, the question becomes, is it, are you trying to make every, every day look like the Sabbath? Or are you trying to, like, Make the Sabbath look like every other day. And, you know, it really that's something to, to wrestle with in your own heart. Um, but it would ask the question, if, if we don't take a Sabbath, are we not taking it for the glory of God? And, you know, that's a question to ask. And, you know, there's no formula here. Like, it's, as, soon as, as soon as we make it a formula, then we start missing the point. Um, uh, it could look very different from one person to the next, right? Like depending on what your job is and, and what what you need to do to get rest. Uh, and, you know, the Sabbath is just incredibly easy to turn into a formula and then we've missed the point. But the Sabbath should be a day to kind of reorder our week and to refocus on God. You know, Brian last week talked about how everything is going from a state of order to disorder. And it's the same thing with our time, right? It's the same thing with our weeks. If we don't intentionally step back and, and put things back in order and, and refocus on God, 
that causes problems for us. Um, Jesus also said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Okay, so the Sabbath is very much for our own good. Uh, if we remember a couple months ago at the end of James, we're talking about slander and talking about spontaneous trait transference and how not slandering people is actually good for ourselves, right? It's, it reflects poorly on us when we do slander and hurts us. And Sabbath is the same way, right? Keeping the Sabbath is something that's it's good for us. It's necessary for us. It's how we were made. We, we actually do need that rest. Uh, you know, God made, God made people. He made you. He made all of creation. And he actually knows how it works, right? He knows what we need more than we know what we need. And, and so we can trust God. You know, I think we forget that sometimes, though, don't we? Uh, but we can trust when God tells us to do something or not do something. He, he does know what he's doing. Um, so I read this article recently that was not written by a Christian or a Jew and did not mention the Sabbath at all. But it very much affirmed the importance of the Sabbath. Okay? And it almost sounds ridiculous, but it was talking about this neurological study that they did recently that found that when we allow our brains to rest, it's not just wasted downtime, which they were shocked. And it says, quote, it is in fact essential to our mental processes that affirm our identities, develop our understanding of human behavior, and instill an internal code of ethics. Hmm. Sounds important. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that same article later talked about this four-year study they did at a Harvard Business School where they took five consultants from this consulting firm and had them each take off one day of work a week. And at first they resisted. They were like, no, we, like, we work seven days. Why would we take a day off? Okay. Uh, it says, quote, over time they learned to love their scheduled time off because it consistently replenished their willingness and ability to work which made them more productive overall. After five months, employees experimenting with deliberate periodic rest were more satisfied with their jobs, more likely to envision a long-term future at the company, more content with their work-life balance, and prouder of their accomplishments. What? (laughs) Um, Other studies have shown like overworking can lead to all sorts of physical and mental health problems. Um, Overworking does not help productivity. and, and so you just there's all this clear evidence out there, right? And, and that's the physical side. And you look at how it impacts us spiritually. Um, you know, just the, the, the culture we have of, of busyness and distraction, especially just in the last few years with smartphones and stuff like that, we're just constantly busy and distracted and always have something to be doing. Um, Dallas Willard, who's written some great books, says, Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Okay. He's talking about hurry on a daily basis, but he also talks about it on the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is a good way to, to at least start that process uh, of slowing down and focusing on God. Uh, the reality is that to deeply rest and to actually take a Sabbath is not easy. Right? It's, it's not really a simple task as it, as it seems like. Because it. it's not just about not working. Um, it does take discipline and, and practice and intentionality, right? Um, it takes actual effort 
to be intentional about not putting in effort. Weird. <laughs> Uh, but it's about resting and focusing on Jesus, right? Um, and, and to remember that God wants good for us. God is the smartest, right? He made our brains. Um, he, know, he knows what we need. Um, so, you know, are we willing to bet that he's right, that the Sabbath is something that's good for us and should be practiced? Not to punch a ticket into heaven, not to check some box, but uh, for our own good now. Right. It's really a question of do we, do we trust God? Uh, worship team, you can head on up. Uh, so, you know, if we aren't willing to do what God has asked us to do, with something so clearly for our own benefit as the Sabbath is, right? And really all of living in obedience is for our own benefit. It, it is all what's best for us. But the Sabbath is just really obviously so. Uh, but if we aren't willing to do that, then it shows that we're not really believing and trusting God, right? If, if at your job, you, your boss said, if you don't take a vacation, you'll never be promoted. Or if you don't take a vacation, you'll be fired. You'd probably take that vacation, right? As long as you believe them and trust them. Um, so, the, you know, can we accept that the Sabbath was made for us uh, as a benefit and trust that God actually does know what he's doing? And, and if so, why not set it aside to, to be intentional and to, to focus on God's work in creation and, and the finished work on the cross? And, and do that while still making every other day intentional, right? That doesn't mean we have to live differently on every other day. Um, but, you know, some of its question is, is God holding out on us? Right? And no, he's not. Right? He wants the best for us. And so, you know, what's the Sabbath day ultimately about? It's about knowing that God is enough, right? And, and the Sabbath should be intentional. It should be fun. It, it should be restful. It should be a time of remembering God's work in creation and Jesus' finished work on the cross. And the Sabbath is an active uh, way to remember and practice that, right? To re- remember that we're not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Um, So to summarize, God rested because the work of creation was finished. Um, With Jesus' death and resurrection, the work of redemption is now finished. And we can rest in that. And we're invited to rest in both of those things. Not striving to try to earn God's favor or or salvation. The work is finished. And so the essence of the Sabbath comes down to remembering, right? Remembering God is God. God is the creator. God's the one who keeps the world running, not you, not me, okay? That's one, remember God is God. Two is remember the work of salvation is finished, right? We don't have to keep striving. We can, we can rest in the finished work of the cross. Okay, three would be to get physical and mental rest because we need it. And four would be to, to, get, to gather together and to, to reset and refocus and have fun. You know, it should be a good day. And ultimately, we can do three and four because of one and two, right? Because God is enough. And, and we can rest in knowing 
that that's true. Uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you that, that you are enough, that you are more than all we need. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to, to live for you and to lay our burdens down at your feet. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. I, I hope nobody heard the, the call to Sabbath rest as a burden. I, I know from experience that that's very quickly what it becomes. It's like going through this day, thinking, am, I, am I doing it right? Am I doing enough? Am I not, not doing enough? Whatever it is, right? Um, but I would just encourage us to still try to make it intentional, right? Try to make it a day of focusing on Christ and His finished work. Like the, the incredible blessing that it's not a burden. It's not a list of rules that we need to check off because Jesus finished the work for us on the cross. And, um, and that, you know, that doesn't mean that we just accept Christ to our hearts and we're done. It means it's a lifelong process of being molded into his likeness. So, uh, and, the, and the process is just one, the Sabbath is one step along that process of constantly remembering and resetting our focus on, on Christ and what he's done for us. So uh, as we uh, did this response time, time to, to think and reflect and pray. We have communion, which again is remembering what Christ did for us on the cross. Remembering that the, the work of salvation is finished. There's nothing you can add to it. And, and so we, we take communion and say, let's remember that. The, the complete work of redemption that was done for us. Uh, also joyful giving boxes in the back, which is another one of those ways of, of worshiping that may not make sense right like you're supposed to give money back to, to God but again do we trust him he's, he's faithful uh, so it's time to pray right we uh, pray with somebody around next to you I'll head over by the prayer room and be happy to pray with anybody there's people all around the room that would love to pray with you and that's another act of, of faith and trust like do we trust that if we bring things to God that, that he hears us and, and he does prayer makes a difference so let's pray and let's continue to worship lord we just again thank you you are you are so good you're so far better than than we can imagine or dream or hope and help us to see you a little more clearly today help us to know you and trust you and and just live completely for you in every aspect of our lives we ask in jesus name